listening to ABQ Central. Well, to be fair. 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 With your host, Van Nunley. <laughs> this is going to be so good. And Fred Slow. I am the cream The cream of the crop. 95.9 FM, 610 The Sports Animal. And talkabq.com. Turn it up. Turn it up. It's Wednesday, Albuquerque. You know what that means. Your boys are here. But this is it for the work week. After today, a couple days off in a row, before we return Saturday morning for the weekend edition of the program. I am Fred Slow. Alongside me, who's alongside you, is my very best friend who has the next two days off and then returns to action Saturday morning, Van Nunley. Good afternoon, Van. You know, we need it, buddy. What do we need? A day off every once in a while. You just went to Hawaii. Oh, that's right. Okay, besides Hawaii, we're the hardest working men in the game. That ain't no joke. <sighs> you, you see us out in the streets grinding. Who is who? We, is we on them corners hustling. It's like you're always quoting The Wire. We didn't get through the opening two minutes of the program, and you're quoting The Wire. Actually, that was Pusha T right there. Okay. So, anyways. Or clips, if you will, from the song Grindin'. <laughs> hey, buddy, how are you? What is Grindin'? It's a song by Clips. Good, how are you guys? Hey. Hey, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Grinding back here, serving up hamburgers, whatever, dingers. What? You're thinking of grinders. Home runs. Yeah. That's you're th- an East Coast term for a hero sandwich. thinking of poor boys. Poor boys. <laughs> thinking of Subway sandwiches. Speaking of Subway, I got beef with Subway. Well, you could have turkey, you could have ham, you could have bacon. Well, I'm vegetarian. Could, oh, so why did you get beef? Yeah. I did not get beef. I have beef. Oh, I can't wait for this. So, so normally... Sure I got food poisoning from Subway in the Oakland airport. What? Shame on me for not having, you know... Shame on me. Sealed foods in an airport. I had a spinach trap in the Oakland airport. I'm pretty sure I got food poisoning from Subway. How would you have got food poisoning? Bad spinach from El Salvador or something? I don't know. Right. Is this grinding song, is this the song that opens up the 1998 banger Belly starring DMX? No, it is not. Okay. That is um, Soul to Souls, However Do You Want Me. Oh, good tune. Why do you know that? Because that's one of the best intros to any movie yeah. of all time. DMX. The intro to Belly is number one on the list of intros to any movie of all time. Today's Varsity. Number two is Saving Private Ryan. All right, you just messed up. Today's, <laughs> va- today's Varsity is the Varsity to opening scenes. Well, that's you already got two of my list. That's not fair. Right, well, I'm just saying that's today's Varsity. So all today's right. Varsity, which you have to tune in a little bit earlier for or stick around for at 6.30. Today's Varsity is the Varsity of opening scenes because at 6.45, Mike Trujillo will join us live in studio as we hand it off to True to the Game before the Isotopes. Their first pitch tonight is at like 7.45. Yeah. West Coast. Well, no, 7.45 Mountain. Yeah, but yeah. they're on the West Coast. Correct. Yeah. Oh, I understand. Sure. The time zone isn't called West Coast. It's Pacific. Well, I think to the layman, that's confusing. Okay. Also, I call myself layman. So Nas, Tyron Turner, DMX, and... Tariel Hicks, all-star in Belly, the 1998 American crime drama film written and directed by music video director Hype Williams. 
Yes. Yeah. That was his first motion picture. He went straight from music videos to the movie Belly. Same thing happened with Wayne's World. Yeah, who is that? A uh, Spike Jones? No, no, no! It is not Spike Jones. <laughs> I mean, it, and I think if you can direct a music video, Penelope Spheres, Spheres. That that sounds familiar. Yeah, Spheres. So she did music videos and then um, created what I would say is unarguably the greatest piece of cinema in the history of the, at least Western culture and probably the universe, Wayne's World. 1992 American comedy produced by Lauren Michaels about one individual Wayne and one individual Garth who hosts a public access TV show out of their basement. It's a very outdated hill to die on there, Fred. I don't understand why you're saying that. It pushed Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody to number one on the chart. Which hasn't been relevant in 20 years. Brought it back. Yes. Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody has hit top 10 in the Billboard Top 100 in every decade since it's come out. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy to me. Crazy. It was on one episode of The Hills, and then it's top 10 again. Yeah. Queen, that movie Bohemian Rhapsody comes out, it's top 10 again. Shout out like, to Rami Malek. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it happens because of Mike Myers. Had a cool, fun day today, Van. I missed out on you. Because I had a couple of meetings, met with my friend Kim Kirshen over at Locker Number 505. Are you familiar? Oh, I am now. Okay. That place is magical. If I tell you familiar with Locker Number 505? I've heard of it. Okay. I just, I'm going to give you the quickest rundown, and we're eventually going to have her on the program and, well, and just talk. But what it is, it's a student, it's like a student's like clothing bank. And they work with youth in the community that are referred to them by like, the school or CYFD or really any organization that works with youth that's willing to refer them to the program. And they provide like basic necessities and some niceties. So it's brand new clothes that are donated to them. They give to the kids. And if the clothes aren't brand new, they're like very lightly used. Like we're talking like looks brand new. And what they do is it, um, they bring the kids in and the kids are able to like pick from like racks and try things on and make sure it's, it's not just like handing over a gift card and saying, go to old Navy and get your school uniform. Uh, but also like toiletries and all these cool things and, uh, insanely cool, insanely smart. Um, I loved, it. I loved everything about it. Uh, 501 C3 nonprofit organization, student focused facility where children can try on and choose outfits. They feel good about like everything happens there. And by the way, they have a lot of young adults who volunteer and help that like, not just are you like, Hey, you look great, but it's like, here's how you wear this. Here's how it, here's the look here. So you have some confidence in yourself, uh, just crucial and fun and smart. And I loved everything about it. Uh, so I was in, I was super in on it and we're going to find a way to work alongside them on some stuff because they're helping a lot of kids. And, uh, thank you for Kim for the tour. So you're telling me yeah. not only do they help those in need with a vital resource, new, nice, clean clothes. They have fashion icons. They got young teenage, cool yeah, kids. That's in what there. I'm saying. And then, and, and it's like, Hey, here's a surprising thing about children. They grow. Oh yeah. Yeah. How incredible is that? So you don't just come one time a year. You can come like every season. You can come like three times a year and then they have like like a detailed catalog, right? So say like say you have like a like a student that maybe needs like a new coat or like a winter coat or like a hat or like whatever. They're like 
cool. We've here it is. We've we've given you all these things. Like we've provided it to you, and we have like a like a record of it. Like we know we've helped you. And then whenever you come back next year, it's oh now in obviously COVID nineteen, everyone wants sweatpants, whatever. But like now it's like oh here's leggings and jeans again or whatever. What what about impoverished adults? Because besides like the beat down look in my eye, I have the figure of a teenager. Uh no. Okay. So it's K through twelve, or it's like young adults. That are in like um like education beyond high school. I like that with like assistance. That's good. So it's uh, really it's from like five to like twenty one, um, and then the idea is through this program like create like a lasting impression for like like kids that sometimes need some help. And I'll be transparent like somebody helped me when I was younger, you know. So I think that and you and I work a lot with like local non for profits and and we have a considerable amount of philanthropy effort and it's because we were so very fortunate to have someone help us when we needed it and uh locker number 505 is i don't know just as tremendous as it gets so if you have lightly used if you are brand new if you want to make a monetary donation if you wanted to do anything of that nature to help out locker number 505 which is a student's clothing bank um like located right here off um Oh, Candelaria? Can't like Candelaria and like Wyoming, kind of. Okay. Do, do those run together? Did I get that right? So like they right are over, perpendicular. So Constitution. That's what I was going with. Uh-huh. So Constitution of Wyoming. Um but yeah, you can you can do that. You can check them out on social media. Everything is locker five oh five. Uh obviously reach out to them if you so wish to, five oh five two nine four sixteen forty seven. Uh I was just very blown away by what they have going on. Um also volunteer. Like their executive director, Kim Kirshen, volunteer. Like I'm in. Sign yeah. me up. So figure that out if you want to help figure that out. What's the What's the website? Uh, Locker505.org. Okay, sweet. Yeah, so uh, it's dot org. Yeah. Okay. So it's not overly vexing. It's not overly confusing. But if you are in a place where I don't know, what's a good example? You manage a. I already used this as an example. You manage an old navy in town, and you have overstock. Donate it. Like you work. Hey, corporate Gap is in town, right? Like, say you work at Corporate Gap, and you're tuned in right now. Make a call. Like, call Kim. 505-294-1647 and say, hey, I have brand new socks and, and underwears and, and all those things that, that kids don't necessarily have all the time. And then she was telling me as I was taking the tour today, um, like they have like toiletry packets. And she's like, a lot of the people that come in there consider these niceties. Like sure. they, they don't have access to toothpaste all the Absolutely. time. So anyway, so just an incredible little organization. How fortunate I was to be able to kind of be exposed to it and oh the fun things we'll be do, we'll be doing together in the future. I'm stoked. Thank you. I would have brought you. You were caught up. You had you were doing stuff with the YMCA. We delegated yeah. today. We split up our tasks. Usually we're a united front, but we've been too busy. We have to delegate. Big fundraiser tomorrow night for the YMCA as well. You have all the details on that? Oh my gosh. Well how about yeah. that? How fortuitous. Friend of the show Luis is joining us. Luis, welcome. Hey, how are you? This is uh, Lieutenant Tom Ruiz. I'm the public information officer for Albuquerque Fire Rescue. There we go. Welcome, my friend. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You guys are talking about Locker 505 and what an amazing program that they have for, for the it. school kids. Um, we, we have a uh, partnership with them where for the month of October, we call it Socktober. And Smart. we collect, uh, we collect uh, socks at all of our fire stations. And we did this two years ago. And we were able to collect over 1,700 pairs of socks for um, school kids during the month of October. Uh, so this year we're going to be able to do it again. So we're asking anybody if you have any 
uh, new or, like you were saying, uh, gently used uh, pairs of socks or anything, really, we can drop it off at any one of our uh, Albuquerque fire um, fire stations, and they will gladly accept them, and we'll give them over to uh, Kim at Locker 505. Luis, can you do me a favor? After I let you go, can you get your contact information to Mike Vitale, and I will grab that from him, and we'll make sure we have the exact details on this so that we can share it appropriately on all of our social media outlets and make sure not just our listeners but all of our friends of the show are able to come out and donate to you. Yeah, sounds great. Absolutely. Thank you, friend. How wonderful. It's October. That's number one brilliant branding. Very smart. You beat me to it by half a second. All right, well, go I'll back. let you take that. No, I want you to have it. Hey, you know what we should call this, Fred? What's that? Hashtag Socktober. Well, Luis at the fire department, who's they're already doing that. Oh, so, ne- yeah. Never mind. Yeah, it's been taken. I'm but out. We're going to make sure to get his information, and then uh, I don't, I'll be a champion for it all month. Because, like I said, it's a super cool organization. What, to me, looked to be organized and run very well, and obviously already a partnership with Albuquerque Fire, which I was not aware of. We're going to learn a lot about this organization pretty mm-hmm. soon. Referrals available as well. Referrals at locker505.org. Um, and you know how it is often when individuals need help, the most difficult aspect of getting help is asking for it. So if there is someone in your world or stratosphere that maybe needs um, something that, that they can't provide to themselves or maybe has been taken away. She was, For instance, Kim was telling me today, uh, a lot of the young adults they deal with are victim of crime or victim of like a fire or victim of like disaster. So... So instead of like, you know, a couple school outfits, they get, you know, a closet's full because they're they're resetting and redoing some stuff. So locker505.org, check them out. Uh, just incredibly kind, incredibly giving, incredibly wonderful. And how fortunate I was to to visit that today and, and oh, the things we'll do together. I know Michael is getting Luis's number, so it'll take just but one minute. And then you were working on the YMCA stuff. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you that later, but we need to get to break because we got Coach G coming up at 4.15. Coach Gonzalez will be joining us after the break. We're very excited to have him on. Uh, Obviously, we'll lightly and softly recap the uh, Texas El Paso game, and then we'll preview the Air Force game with Coach Gonzalez, which I have no doubt will go insanely well for the Lobos. You have to reset after this one. Sure. So, Michael, whenever you're ready, we're ready. We're going to grab a break. You're listening to ABQ Central, 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Back on the program. Good opening segment. Thank you to the Albuquerque Fire Department for calling in and talking to us about Socktober and what individuals can do to help support Locker Number 505 and their effort to help kids in the community. Speaking of the community, the community has been a buzz this week over Lobo football. And joining us right now is Coach Danny Gonzalez. Coach, welcome to the program. You with me, Coach? Hey, guys. How are you guys doing today? Hey, doing well, my friend. Hey, Coach. We, uh, we're we're briefly looking back at last weekend, but we're primarily looking forward at Air Force. Which way are the boys looking? Are they ready for this weekend? They are. They, they, it took them a little bit to get over uh, Saturday. I mean, when you expect to win a game and you don't make enough plays and don't play well enough, it hurts, and that's the way it should be. And um, I mean, kind of similar in our community. I mean, they expected us to beat UTEP, and we didn't, so – a lot of disappointment, which when people are, are complaining about the bad things we're doing, that's a positive because that means they care. And so we've got to shake that off and get ready to play Air Force because it'll be a, a physical contest. It'll be a fun battle. I can't wait to Saturday so we can get that bad taste out of our mouth and go out there and compete. Looking back on taking an L to, to UTEP last week, I mean, this is one that you put a W on in the 
in the calendar at the beginning of the year. Like, you know your boys, if they go out there and they do what they need to do, you're going to win that football game. You had a lot of adversity with uh, a lot of players being out and uh, really couldn't put it together in the second half. What do you tell the boys after that? What do you tell them in the locker room? What have you guys been talking about this week going forward? Well, you know, in, in the locker room after the game, I told them I was disappointed in the fact that we obviously didn't play well enough. We didn't make adjustments. We didn't coach them good enough. We didn't make adjustments as coaches good enough to to be able to win the game. And then we had opportunities to make plays, and we didn't make them. And um, when you when you put everything into it and you leave it all out there and you lose, it should hurt, and it should hurt bad and deep. And if that's the case, then we're making progress. Uh, there was a, um, a completely different feel in that locker room after the game Saturday than the week before, obviously, because I don't think we expected to beat Texas A&M. But going all the way back to last year when we lost to San Jose State in our very first game uh, as a staff and team, uh, after that game, I mean, that game was tied 21-21 in the fourth quarter. We lose 38-21, and there wasn't a lot of dejectment in the locker room. It's like when something went bad, they expected it, and that's what it was. And I think Saturday was a little different. Now, that's a game that I thought we should have won. Uh, give UTEP credit because they made enough plays to win the game, and we've got to knock that off and, and move forward and continue to get better. Uh, I mean, we're still in the marathon phase of this deal. We're going to get better, and it's going to be a point. Now, you said we put a W on that in the in the calendar. I don't think we're at a point where we can put a W on anything. We have to go out and compete <laughs> and win our games, and that'll be the attitude around here as long as I'm the head football coach. Coach, you're talking about getting better and to the degree that you can – uh, coming off the exposure list or COVID-19 possible list. Uh, you got all your guys back? Is that still working out? Where where's that stand? Well, that, we're still working on that. And there's guys that are still out um, due to the contact tracing and nature of this thing do, through the CDC, which we're dealing with. Um, that that really, I mean, we didn't have certain guys available that had practice for the game, but I mean, I, you'll never hear me make an excuse. We're going to put 11 guys out there. I don't care which 11 guys it is. We're going to do the best we can compete and, and expect to win and we, we were short some guys, and that is what it is, especially during COVID. We're not the only ones in the country dealing with that. So um, we'll get some of them back hopefully by Saturday, and hopefully we don't lose any more. But we're going to put 11 guys out there that are compete their tails off against Air Force. Air Force, 446 rushing yards against Florida Atlantic last week. This is a very unique offense you got coming at you. Are you guys burning the midnight oil trying to prepare for this, or is this business as usual? No, you, you always have to do something different against those guys. If you can't do it, you can't do the same thing year after year. Um, obviously, we made adjustments in the second half and played a lot better last year. Uh, over our 20 years of, of going against Air Force and from both our previous time here and at San Diego State, uh, we have a lot of history going against the triple option, and you have to give them different looks. You can't do stuff that you've done before because they're ha they have all those tapes too, and a triple option team, if they have any inclination of what you're doing, they're going to tear you apart because on the chalkboard, there's two guys they don't have to block. So they get an advantage. I mean, on paper, it's the best offense ever because you can't stop it on paper. So we have to be aggressive and give them different looks. And you, you named it. They had 430 rushing against Florida Atlantic. The week before that, they had 460 rushing against Utah State and 626 total yards. So they're very efficient, and they're moving the ball very well on offense. Uh, Zeke Daniels, the quarterback, is is a really good player. And then we've got David Cormier from here from Albuquerque, a Volcano Vista graduate who plays for him also. So there's a little bit of a connection there, and they're a really high-efficiently offense that's running really good right now. Who's running the scout team quarterback? Who on your team is Daniels? Who can emulate that? 
Well, you know, today uh, Isaiah Chavez was actually cleared to practice for the first time in about oh, four weeks. Go. All right. So uh, he did a great job of trying to emulate him. Um, hopefully uh, with some now that he's back and being able to practice next week, we can get him back over with the offense and, and see what we can do there. But he did a great job today. Terry Wilson looked a little uncomfortable in the pocket last week. Rumor is he had a bum knee. Is this still an issue going forward? Question number one. Number two, what are you guys practicing to make sure that he has those good, re- good reads and he's making good, crisp throws to open receivers? Well, you know, a combination of things. Terry will be fine. I mean, he, he got hobbled up a little bit uh, on Saturday. He got banged up on his knee on the sideline over there. Um, he was able to finish the game. You could see him limping a little bit between series and between plays. Uh, he hadn't been limping this week. He's doing a good job getting into the uh, training room and getting treatment. But Terry, um, I mean, I've said it a few times already this week, he needs to be more aggressive uh, when we do the RPOs and the zone reads where he has an opportunity to run the ball. He needs to make the defense feel that he's a threat. And he's missed a couple reads um, early on that can significantly change how they're playing him. And then if he's able to run the ball with a little bit more aggression, it'll make the passing game a little bit easier because those guys all of a sudden have to worry about a quarterback running with the ball. and He's very talented. They can't cover as, as good and, and as intently if they're worried about him running the football. And then we've got to do a better job up front. Obviously, we didn't block him well in the second half at all. And so we can beat our heads on the wall and say, you know what, we're just going to get better. Or we can do some things schematically to give them a chance, leaving more guys in protection, doing some different things uh, to give them a chance to be successful. So you'll see some of that this Saturday. And if he cuts it loose, uh, it'll make things a little bit better on both ends. Air Force had a handful of really costly turnovers last week against Utah State. Whenever you're practicing throughout the week to prepare for this one, how do you coach like forcing turnovers? How do you coach ball hawking? How do you coach like going for the rock? It's how hard you play. Um, we get a lot of our interceptions and fumbles because we have four or five guys around the ball at all times. And if the ball's out, we're usually the first ones to get it. If the ball's tipped in the air, we're usually the, we're usually there to catch it. It's all about turnovers are physical play and running relentlessly to the ball. Uh, when we were, when I was the safeties coach and defense coordinator at San Diego State, we had 64 interceptions in a three-year period that led the nation. Uh, we've currently got a, a knock on wood, and I'm probably going to end it because they don't throw the ball very often, but we have six games in a row here at the University of New Mexico where we've intercepted a pass. Um, so, I mean, there's, there's a lot of positive things going on as far as that goes, but if guys are physical and they run to the football and you get them to put it on the ground, you have more guys around and more opportunities to recover those things. It's green chili in the air, and it's sweater weather. It's football season, baby. You ready for the midseason grind? How are you prepping the boys? No, I, I, you know, it, you, you said it exactly. I mean, we practice in the morning around here, so we usually get to the office about 530. Uh, it's pretty chilly at 530 this time of year, which is awesome. It's been so hot around here, unseasonably hot this late in September. Uh, so it's kind of nice to have some fall weather. Uh, it won't be nearly as hot in the stadium. I hope we can pack this place on Saturday afternoon. The game's at 430. It won't, it's not cold yet, so people can come out and enjoy it. I know uh, – David and Eddie and, and our administration are doing a uh, really good job of trying to mitigate all the problems that we had against New Mexico State as far as traffic on Cesar Chavez and, and all those things. And I mean, really, I heard about all that. You get off the freeway and you wait for an hour. Uh, I know people get frustrated waiting in line, but that being a problem, that's a good thing for the Lobos. That means there's a lot of people coming to the game and a lot of people trying to figure things out. So we'll make that better. And then on the football side of it, obviously, um, when, when things don't go well, 
you kind of go through everything you do to make sure that you're not missing anything. And so we spent a little bit more time. Um, we'll figure out the problems. We'll keep the boys going hard, and we'll put a product out there that's going to compete and have a chance to win the game. And if we make enough plays, uh, that'll be the outcome. Coach, my last one as far as play on the field, uh, I don't know, we tail two halves or Jekyll and Hyde or all those cliches. Uh, how do you just get more consistency on the offensive side of the ball after, like, your opposition makes those halftime adjustments? Well, you know, we've got to execute. I mean, in the second half Saturday, and it was not loud in the Sun Bowl, but we had three false start penalties on offense all in the second half. We had a, an illegal formation in the second half. Those those four plays alone, not only did they stall drives, but they took a 40-yard gain away. That's just attention to detail. Uh, we have to come out of uh, halftime with a little bit more focus because we're, we're not playing well in the second half. And that's not just the offense. In the third quarter, the defense gave up not only 14 points, but we gave up 182 yards where in the first half they only had 99 total yards of offense, period. We gave up three big uh, big plays over the top, which we can't do. Uh, one of them was uh, a third and 21 that I thought was the fourth play in the second half. I thought it was the turning point of the game. Uh, if we get off the field, there's probably a, a lot of momentum for our offense to go score. So we have to come out of the halftime and play better on both sides of the ball, be more consistent, execute in detail. And so if we're not coming out of the halftime playing good, that's, that's on me. We need to do a better job with our adjustments on both sides of the ball. Uh, the kids have to understand that just because you have success in the first half, those guys are competitors too. It's not going to be easy. We're not going to do the same things. We're going to make some adjustments and, and finish things. And so uh, we'll do that this weekend. Uh, we'll see how they come out in the second half. If we have to freaking get some orange slices in the locker room or change it up a little bit, we'll do that too. I'm not against anything. <laughs> You know, Coach, I know the Air Force got some spies listening to our show right now. So without giving, without giving away what goes on in the inner sanctum, what are the keys to a Lobos victory on Saturday? Well, the, the keys for both teams are pretty much going to be the same. They like to run the football and, and aggressively pound you into the ground. And, I mean, their guys come off the ball hard. They play a physical brand of, of football, which the Air Force Academy has done forever. Um, they've gotten really good over the last 10 years in recruiting guys on defense that can play man-to-man coverage prior to the prior to coach Calhoun getting there, they were stuck in zone defenses because they couldn't get guys that could actually cover man-to-man. Well, now they have them. So they'll be aggressive on defense. So we have to be able to one, stop the fullback. If we can stop the fullback, the triple option doesn't work nearly as effectively. So those guys up front, they're going to see a different speed than what they've been seeing in practice all week. That's the hardest thing to do to prepare for a triple option team is, is get the picture right in practice. So we have to stop the fullback. And then we can't give up big plays over the top when they do their play-action pass and they drop back and throw it, which they don't do very often. And then on offense, we have to consistently move the ball. I mean, if we can run the ball and and set up some of our play-action stuff and do like we did the first two weeks, uh, Terry has a lot more chance to be successful. Now, he's like I said earlier, he's got to be more aggressive with the ball when he has chances to run. Um, He's got to be smart because we don't want to get him hurt. But if we can do those things, we'll have a lot better chance of being successful on Saturday. Coach, we need to cut you loose because we're up against that commercial break. Any final words before we let you go? Uh, I appreciate you guys having me on. Let's pack the stadium. Let's paint this town cherry. We're going to build a championship team around here. I promise you that. Don't don't lose faith. Thanks for having me on, guys. Go Lobos. Thanks, Coach. Thanks, Coach. Fear the fangs. Fear them fangs. Go Bows. Lobo reaction whenever we get back from the break. He's a good interview. I mean, he's he's got all the parts. Like, 
to have that faith for four or five years, because that's what it's going to take. Yep. Him, he, Rocky Long. The, I mean, there's just a, there's a lot of really good coaching and a really good possibility, and you can you can often have the best athletes, but you have to have your athletes. Like you have to have like the guys to put in place. You build your program. Yeah. Let's grab a, your scheme. We grab a break. Reaction to Coach Gonzalez just joining us. It's ABQ Central ninety five point nine FM and AM six ten. The Sports Animal. Tough loss. Um, There's a lot of guys in the in the locker room that was you know really upset about that loss, and, um, and we have to make sure we have the right attitude at practice. Um, so it translates into the game. So I know the guys are ready to bounce back off of that. Um, I mean, it hurts. And, you know, you want to get that bad taste out of your mouth. So uh, we're definitely ready to move forward. Terry Wilson, quarterback in the UNM Lobos. That's a good interview from Coach Gonzalez. Because, you know, Coach said the same thing I said when we talked earlier in the week where I was like, it was that first drive in the second half. That's when that little seed like sets in your stomach, and you're like, "Oh, where this one's in trouble." And I like whenever like prompted with the, I always use that Jekyll and Hyde thing, whatever. It's cliche, boring radio stuff. But I'm, I'm like, hey, it's you know your two halves here. Like, why can't, why isn't it put together like one? Why can't I not expect in the second half what I see in the first half? Why? He says, "You just got to do a better job, man." We. Don't have the approach we need. Well, I mean, was, we heard from Terry Wilson right there. I mean, he said all the right things, but are they doing enough in practice? I mean, is he doing enough on film to really right the wrongs? Because, I mean, he had the happy feet out there in the pocket, and it, it seemed that he didn't have the confidence to take the ball and run with it when the open receivers well, weren't there. You know, it's about chemistry too, right? It's like you and I have been doing talk radio here in town for two and a half years, right? Cool. We can do this thing. With a lot of relative ease. You put someone else in this chair next to you, it's not the same easy show. Sure. That's what happens when you, you replace a, a wide receiver. Or how about six of them? Yeah. Yeah. Because you get it. You know it's supposed to happen, but you don't know nuances and you don't know body movement and mannerisms. And it's, I mean, it's hard. It's really hard. But also, if I'm Lobo. I got a chip because Sports Illustrated, who, by the way, doesn't mention my name a ton, has mentioned my name this week in a full-on article on their front page. Air Force, 10 and a half. Hey, you ain't favorite at home. That's not only you not favorite at home, that's a big. That's a lot of points. Plus 10 and a half in your stadium. You got to just put that on the chalkboard, right? You have to. Because that's national, too. Like, we're not talking Las Cruces. We're not talking Carlsbad. That's the country looking at you. So if I'm Terry Wilson, I love it. Say all those right things. You know what i really like to see? You beat the crap out of Air Force. i like all these guys from Kirtland Air Force Base to come out and get a real nice salute, like I'm sure they will. I'm yep. sure it'll be a nice recognition thing. Sure will be. And they should have that round of applause. Yep. And then afterwards, double middle finger Eli Manning style. Here we go. Excellent Eli reference. Thank you. Yeah, I'm taking over the internet today. Stomp them. What in the world do you have on your feet? Are those Christmas socks? Are you talking about the socks I'm wearing right now? <laughs> yes. All right, so for the listener, the, so, ver, so visual doesn't often work well for the radio. But for the w- listener, I'm wearing WWE Monday Night Raw dress socks. 
those are not dress socks. Oh, uh, they absolutely First are. off, those are not dress <laughs> socks. And number two, I love your just laissez-faire feet up in the chair position here with your Cardinals cardigan and your raw. Those are not dress socks. These they, are absolutely they do, dress socks. How, what's your vision like, Vital? Are you close to 2020? Uh, no, I'm they, nearsighted. <laughs> they they do look like Christmas right. socks. So follow us uh, at TalkABQ. But I can see the socks. And I'm going to put these on the social media at the break. Let's do that. Because these are fire. They're strong. I'm not going to lie. They're strong. And also, you made reference to my St. Louis Cardinals cardigan that I'm currently wearing. Yeah. And it's just a shade still too warm for a cardigan. But you're doing it anyway. But I said forget it because we're on a 17-game win streak. We being me being part of the team. We just locked up the second playoff like wild card spot, and we beat Mike Vitale's Milwaukee Brewers Keep in, beating them. embarrassingly last night. Four in a row. Even after spotting yeah. them two, Ugh. which we'll get to against after. Against their best pitcher. Don't forget that part. No, not just against, but embarrass their best pitcher. Nah, I don't know about that. I mean, I saw it. <laughs> Boys hit. Nolan Arenado's got, what, 30, 34 dingers? It's the most ever for a third baseman in St. Louis. They've had some good ones. Yeah. I'm talking about Gary Gaetti. Scott Rowland. Obviously, Gary Gaetti is not the example for the class. Gary Gaetti hit bombs. Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah. It's a lot of talent. Fernando Tatis Sr. currently holds the record for St. Louis Cardinals third baseman hitting home runs. Oh, he had two grannies in an inning. Oh, gosh. He had a cheat code on that one. I think about that every August 8th. <laughs> if you had to do a too early prediction, and we'll break this whole thing down really on Saturday because we're on in the morning before the boys play at 430. Air Force 10 and a half, 45 is the over-under. I, I have to see the fire from UNM tonight or on Saturday. I just have to. Well, they had a couple of potential pick sixes. You know, they dropped mm-hmm. the interceptions. There's your game. Yeah, I mean, big plays. UTEP's third quarter, two big plays. That decided the game. Two big plays could have gone the other way. A completely different story. I mean, I'm I'm going to be an apologist. Forever, I know you will. For the Lobos situation for on five Saturday. Years. For five years you will be. No, 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 no. No? I'm an objective journalist. I'm an objective member of the press, you can't just, all right, Manfred. That, we've had this talk. You can't just identify as a job title. <laughs> identify? No, I, I identify as the Houston Astros closer 10 years ago when I was in my athletic prime. Fred, that's, what I, that's what I identify as. But I'm an actual member of the press. <laughs> and i got to be objective. But I will be an apologist for last Saturday. They left in the morning. That was weird. That was weird. You would stay there, sleep in, have a big breakfast, then work out all day. That's how I see it. Yeah. And then you had the contact tracing. You lose six six players. Then you had a couple injuries during the game. That's rough. Coach Gonzalez did not and will not make those kind of excuses, but I will. For passionate Lobo fan and maybe someone who's interested in putting a little skin in the game, just heads up, New Mexico is winless against the spread this year. Just keep that in mind. You do what you want with that information, but that's a real statistic. Ten and a half. Let's grab a break. Let's do baseball talk for like the next hour. Okay. ABQ Central on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. 
dreams are amazing. These fans are standing at Bush Stadium. They're waiting for the last out and a celebration. The one strike pitch, two outs, a swing and a drive to center field. Bader comes on. He makes the catch for a Redbird winner. And the Cardinals have secured the second wild card in the National League. One out, bottom of the ninth, bases loaded, tie game, 3-2. Inside ball four, Astros win it 4-3. Back-to-back bases loaded, walks by J.P. Shagwa to McCormick and Castro, and the Astros' magic number is one. Watch out for them Strohs, son. I mean, they ain't even in yet. You mean they ain't even in yet? They ain't even in yet. No, they haven't clinched their division, is what you mean. Yep. I find that interesting. You know what I find interesting? <laughs> the St. Louis Cardinals, on September 7th, which is 22 days ago, three weeks and a day, had a 2.8% chance to make the playoffs. I think that's generous. It was 25 2.8. They were 500 at that point, weren't they? September. 71 and 69 on September 11th. Wow. S- okay. September 28th. Do you know what their chances were? 100. 100% because they clinched the second wild card spot. After winning 17 straight games. We talked briefly about the Cardinals on the program yesterday as the game was going on. We talked briefly about the Cardinals the day before that. We will be... And then we talked briefly about the Cardinals Saturday before that. <laughs> as we have for 17 straight wins, less the time we were out of town. Also, Cardinals and Brewers, first pitch, 545. Regular updates will come from this program. Your, I, can't, I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> I just love it. 11 hits for the boys last night. The boys moving forward is the St. Louis Cardinals. 17 in a row is the longest win streak in franchise history, dating back to 1885 when the then St. Louis Browns. You can just say it's the longest Cardinals win streak since Jackie Robinson started playing. I'm having a Because hard- that's when baseball started. <laughs> I'm having a hard time talking about it. Babe Ruth, Ty Cobb, sure. Cool story, bro. I just can't stop smiling, and it's hard to pronounce words when your cheeks you don't do. work. The sides of your eyes have been very veiny the last few days. You've been smiling way too much. Is there strain from watching HD broadcast of the St. Louis Cardinals just win, win, winning? Have you been drinking water and, like, moisturizing? No. I'm drinking Bud Light and... <laughs> Just Just bush all day, every day. Or probably bush light for you. I would drink that. It's the same as Bud Light, just without commercials. It's just so incredible. Like, you know, often you'll hear that phrase like September to remember. This is literally it. Yeah. Like, this is historic. They could and, beat lo- this. and I think a lot of people are like, who cares? It's Major League Baseball. I'll tell you who cares. Everyone who cares about the significance of sports in history. Yeah, I mean, when when your Cardinals are 500, people are like, shut up, Fred. Nobody cares about the Cardinals. Right. But now they won 17 in a row and clinched the second wild card spot. That is significant. 
It's insanely significant. That's huge. They have them back in the playoffs. It's a great, great fan base, great organization. And, like, obviously. Sorry, Reds. Yes. It was your year again this year. I'm one of the select few who are so fortunate to be part of Cardinals Nation. But for everyone else, like Brewers fan, like Dodgers fan, like Giants fan, I get that you hate the Cardinals. You should. They're the bad guys. Every team in the National League should hate the Cardinals. Yeah. Until the Astros jump ship to the American League, I hated the Cardinals. I don't even understand that. More Major League Baseball talk when we get back from the break. NFL after that. ABQ Central, 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. The set. And the 0-1 pitch to Kemp, swing and a fly ball into shallow center. Kelnick on the run, he's there. He makes the catch, and the ball game is over. The Mariners' magic carpet ride continues. Right now, the Mariners are just one half game out of the wild card race behind the Boston Red Sox. Yeah, but they're out of it. I mean, they're out of it, man. They're not in it. They're one half game back, but they have one less game to make up. So they need one more game? Everyone else has five. They have four. So they need Boston to lose is what they need. Boston's lost four in a row. Yeah, they're like the Brewers. Yeah. (laughs) Without a reliever for the postseason. Major Major League Baseball playoff picture. Uh, we talked about it yesterday. I didn't think there would be any changes from the standings yesterday, including the Red Sox in the AL wild card. But you are not wrong, Van Allen, when you say the Mariners have a shot. Yep. Tried to told you. I didn't know. I didn't see it. You know, because it, it's West Coast, and I'm not going to stay up late and watch your baseball game. Plus, they're the Seattle Mariners. Yeah. Last you, if time, you just say the Seattle Mariners, like, oh, I ain't got a chance. I ain't got well, a chance. Last time they were in the playoffs was when Ichiro was with them 20 years ago. Oh, who knew? Ichiro's still not playing? I thought he was on the squad. I thought he was hitting, like, 330, batting leadoff. Just, just slicing singles to right center. Yeah. Infield bunt hits, stealing 50 bases. I could have swore that was going on. So the Red Sox, four straight. And you thought, hey, oh, we're just going to land on this cushion here called the Baltimore Orioles. Yeah. Nope. Hung up an L, <laughs> game one. So now they got two more against the Orioles, and then they're at the Nationals. You know who doesn't have any quit? The Nationals. The Nationals. They're going to bring it. That is weird with Baltimore because they're pl- they're messing around and playing that. Hey, we're Arizona and we're only going to win fifty games this year game because Arizona I think has only won fifty games, and Baltimore's like, no, we got fifty one. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, you got one hundred six losses, ball. Get in line. Yeah, but Boston they don't want to be there apparently. They're trying real hard, and kudos to them. Because they've overperformed all year. Their early season win projections, their actual win projections right now, they're supposed to lose less games. I mean, supposed to win less games. Boston is not supposed to be in the position they're in. With their stats, with their lineup, 
with their saber metrics. They're not even supposed to be here right now. But to be fair. To be fair. To be fair. To be fair. Neither is Seattle. Yeah. Seattle has won 88 games. Which so has the Boston Red Sox. Their expected win-loss is 74. So they're 14 games better than their projections. To be like, also to put Boston's that in, Boston's only eight games up on their projections. To put that in perspective, 74 is like right where like the Royals and the Angels and the Tigers are. It's like yeah. that quality of a team. Yes, that's not very good. 74 is no. Cleveland, Detroit, Angels, Kansas City area. Yeah. Did the Indians get 80 yet? I don't think they did. S- Seattle is half a game out of the wild card, and they have a negative 50 run differential. Weird. Isn't that crazy? Hey, how can you not be romantic about baseball, Fred? I told you, I have a, I have a for love of the game. <laughs> That's a good one if anyone got it. If you're looking at these um, prediction models and the advanced sabermetrics, Toronto is supposed to be the number one wildcard spot with their statistical metrics. But, hey, nine innings. You got to play the game. You got to win. And they haven't been doing that. Four games left for Seattle if they went out, they're in, right? You think Boston can't do it? I don't think Boston or the Yankees can win out. And they're playing They're playing Oakland. And Vital, did you tell me Oakland has lost like a dozen straight against Seattle? Oh, the A's have lost 11 in a row against the Mariners. Stupid. That's the stupidest statistic I've ever heard. That's like if all of Major League Baseball lost 17 straight against the Cardinals. Like, you can't even project that. The Yankees are up two, but Yankees got Magic number is three, New York. Right. I think they got to go down to the wire to even do this. Because they got two more against Toronto, who is very good. And they got three against Tampa Bay, who, guess what? Oh, they're the best team in baseball. Oh, excuse me. Best team in the American League. Yeah, because we know who the best team in baseball is. That's funny that Houston and the Tampa Bay Rays are playing a series now, and then right close to the postseason. Well, baseball did that because they knew Tampa Bay and Houston would be in the mix. I mean, these these games are for home field, but Tampa's already got that locked. That Seattle team, I think, is going to come up just short. I think they're missing a couple key components. Like, who are their players? And I'm not saying, like, who are these guys? But, like, who are the guys that have been there before that's like, cool, we're that, we're that veteran leadership. Cool, we're, that, we're what you need in a push here at the end. What's the kid's name uh, that hits all the home runs out there? Hanniger? Is that his name? Mitch Hanniger, who's been hurt for two seasons. Yeah, but he, he's not the guy. Like, yeah, he's the guy. He's been the guy all year. They have, like, a ragtag bunch of, like, above-average players. That's what they have. Yeah. They, they're they're very, if you take out Goldschmidt and Arenado, the Mariners are very Cardinal esque. See, but what the Cardinals have is like Adam Wainwright, who's won two World Series, and Yadier Molina, who's won two World Series. Yeah, like the Mariners don't have that. They they got some good above average veterans, and they got some good young upstart players. Obviously, you mentioned Mitch Haniger who's a very good baseball player who's been hurt for a couple years. Uh, rookie Jared uh, Kalinick, he's very good. Rookie Ty France, he's very good. You got the veteran Kyle Seeger, who's very clutch. They traded a reliever for utility man from the Astros, Abraham Toro, 
who has been knocking the cover off the ball since he changed dugouts. Above average pitching, and they win close games. Like, that's their MO all year. I get the talent guys you're talking about, but, like, like even, like, jumping over to a team like uh, like the Boston team who's right in front of them. They have guys who aren't necessarily the most talented guys in the world, but, like, Travis Shaw, for example. Travis Shaw has been in the league for a long time. Yeah. Travis Shaw knows what winning looks like. He's done it. Like, uh, Xander Bogarts. Like, there, yeah, there's a got Chris Zan- Sale. Xander Bogarts and Raphael Devers. Like, these are all-stars, all-star yeah. caliber players. They're very good. J.D. Martinez, one of the best sluggers in baseball. That's a good one. Yeah. And you got like a Hunter Renfro type, Kyle Schwarber type, Alex Verdugo. These are all contributors. The, the outfield is strong in, in Boston. But I'm just – they're guys who – and this is going to sound so very cliche, but I think there's a ton of value in it. When it comes to the postseason, guys who have been there before. Yeah. Seattle – That helps. No, you're right. Yeah. Seattle needs someone to open the door for them. Well, here's the thing about Seattle. They're too young and dumb to be nervous. They don't know that they're supposed to be nervous oh, yet. That's a good point, too. They're just going to go play baseball. There is something special when you, you like say to a guy, like, hey, do these playoff lights seem brighter? And they're like, no. They're like, no, they're just lights, they're bro. Just li- yeah. They're just lights. Because for a lot of guys, they do. They're like, oh, no, let me Google this. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Is, is the answer on TikTok? I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm too young and dumb. That's a th- like let's use that Dodgers team. That's the thing with the Dodgers team was like Mookie Betts, right? So Mookie Betts is a winner. Sure, cool. Goes to L.A. Now in the playoffs, Mookie Betts with that Dodgers team could possibly be up against a Cardinals team, which is if they're not twenty-two and zero at that point over the last twenty-two, they're going to at least be seventeen and something over the last twenty-two. Sure. And Betts is like. We kind of know what this is worth, and there's a lot of pressure here. And this is is what the lights look like whenever you're on ESPN Wednesday Night Baseball or whatever it is. Like he's a guy who gets in. It can be like everyone, calm down. Scherzer's another one. Sure, yep, Kershaw. Great example. Now it'll be tough for Scherzer because he'll be a loser that night. And what you don't want to do is look to a loser. <laughs> but yeah. And Albuquerque claims to have a lot of Dodgers fans. Catch me out on Wednesday night wearing my Cardinals gear. Catch me out. I will have a. T- I'll b- I will buy you one drink, and I will apologize for my team beating yours. <laughs> Who do you give the ball to if you're the Cardinals? It's Wainwright, right? It's Wainwright. He's got the experience. I would think Flaherty. Or He's not going to sweat it one second. He gave up that two-run bomb in the fourth last night or whatever. Is Flaherty even stretched out? Yeah, allegedly. Allegedly, he's going to be there. Heard he's ready. If if Flaherty is stretched out, you give Flaherty the ball. I didn't have the texture up, and I just pulled it up uh, from the texture. The only thing great about Seattle is Starbucks. Okay, that's pretty good. <laughs> okay, grunge music. Nirvana. Don't forget the Yankees are seven in a row. Well, yeah, they're already in. Space Needle. It's <laughs> a good one. Clinical studies about clinical depression. There's a lot of good mental health data coming from that part of the country also um amazon.com nirvana's from aberdeen i'm not trying to be that guy but aberdeen should have the texter up earlier a lot of air force talk too i'm in on the playoffs as they sit i think it's exciting for the mariners i just i think with the way Baltimore is, they should lose against Boston, and the wins that Boston can get against Baltimore is obviously going to fatten their record to probably 91 wins at the end, 92 wins, 
and I think there's not going to be enough opportunity for Seattle to overcome and Seattle finishes outside of the playoff push. Yeah. Well, S- Seattle's got three against L.A. You, you think they got to win two, right? But Seattle's at a disadvantage. L.A., American have, League. Yeah, of course. Seattle's at a disadvantage because they got one less game, okay? And then the AL East is just picking apart at each other. And, of course, you know, they're ahead. Yeah. But I kind of, as bad as I want Yankees-Red Sox in the wild card game, I'd love to see Seattle, with all their young players yeah. and their tiny payroll, knock off one of these two big dogs and make some noise. That's a great story. ESPN and Fox and NBC, they don't want those matchups. But I would love to see it as like an actual baseball fan. You and I are Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday next week here on the Sports Animal. Monday night, we're live from Bourbon and Boots with Raiders football, which will be very fun. Tuesday, we'll be in here on this radio station watching Yankees Red Sox. Yeah. Yeah. Giving it to you live. Giving it to you live. We're going to riff track over it. By the way, Raiders fan, Raiders fan listening, if you haven't been to the Raiders den at Bourbon and Boots yet, Get there. Yeah, you're making very on Monday. Yeah, it's a poor decision to not. You're get. not a real Raiders fan. Yes, and one of these guys will step up to you and take your Raiders fan card because you don't deserve it if you're not at Bourbon and Boots. That is place is painted silver and black. Lots of Kenny Stabler jerseys. Lots of Bo Jackson jerseys. Yes, lots of Woodson jerseys. It was too good. So we'll be there Monday night. So come see your boys. I even saw Jamarcus Russell jersey. I think he's wearing it ironically, but he was cheering really loud. I definitely saw Randy Moss jerseys, and where I grew up, I think those are fighting words. Don't know if they are. But that was that was the intention I got from it. We're done for this week after today, so let's do NFL picks when we get back, man. Give it to the listener. Sweet. ABQ Central, 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Good Major League Baseball talk thus far in the program. I know we haven't said it a lot, but the phone lines are always open. Quan's Auto Care Hotline, 505-246-0610. See, Fred, I had to go wash my hands. A napkin wasn't enough in this situation. Okay. Because the peanut butter dripped right down into the webbing of my fingers, and it was freaking me out. It felt very weird. Well, it's not honey. I can't describe the feeling. It's a first for me. In my nearly 40 years, I've never had peanut butter all the way down into the webbing of my fingers. I just Googled peanut butter drip. Okay. Is that a song <laughs> by Riff Raff? <laughs> Riffraff from Rocky Horror Picture. Oh, uh, okay. So peanut butter drip is apparently. Excuse me, as I'm DJ Cool. Let me clear my throat. So, peanut butter drip is a type of icing that goes on cake. Okay. It's a peanut butter based icing that then drips over the walls or sides of a cake. It sounds sexual. And often it's called a Reese's peanut butter drip cake. Okay. Um, wow. Nice. It looks very good. I'm excited for the opportunity to have it. And I think if you were to maybe do some sort of peanut butter glaze on a bunt cake style, like like a real light softy boy with some coffee, I would be in a very happy place. Although I've recently sworn off cake. What's the the ice cream place has been around forever? Um, thirty one. What is it? Baskin Robbins. Yeah. I guarantee you, Baskin Robbins makes some kind of peanut butter drip cake. They should if they know it's good for them. Ice now, cream cake. I usually like to support local, and I usually do like, you know, frozen yogurt because I'm aggressively healthy. But I guarantee you, Baskin Robbins has one. Are you googling this right now? So what? 
So no, I so I got past all the icing and cake options and Reese's peanut butter drips, and I accidentally clicked on the Urban Dictionary. Oh, don't read that. Don't yeah. So <laughs> on Saturday maybe we can read that. Don't go to UrbanDictionary.com and look up peanut butter drip. Don't do that. That's two shows in a row where we told people not to Google something that we said out loud. <laughs> don't on your own in in incognito mode. Oh, I also failed to mention last segment why I would like to see Seattle climb up into the wild card is the Seattle fans put a giant poster in the outfield uh, in lieu of Ted Lasso's Believe poster that he has in the locker room where when Ted Lasso ah. won the Division II National Championship for the Wichita State Shockers. Then he took that poster down and took it all the way across the pond and put it up in the locker room for the AFC Richmond Greyhounds. Now the Mariners have a giant replica of that poster in their outfield. So good for them. I just Googled what you're talking about. (laughs) Uh Is it just a yellow poster board? It says Believe with duct tape. Yeah. With duct tape? Yeah, it looks like it has duct tape on the edges. Uh, eh, Not really. So this just kind of looks like blue. You're looking at the wrong photo. Blue letters. Yeah, blue le- yellow poster, blue letters. Oh, I see what you're talking about. I thought you meant the letters were in duct tape. No, I see what. You're, yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. adhered to a wall, whatever. Um, okay, well this is stupid. Okay. Uh, this <laughs> surprise, surprise, Vital. <laughs> a very niche audience might find this, I guess, lightly comical. Yes, I'm the niche audience. But it's, this, it's for me. This is they're the doing n- it for me, Fred. Zero way inspirational to the team. This brings nothing as far as like the known sixth, twelfth man aspect of Seattle. Um, yeah, this is this is less than a story. This is embarrassing <laughs> that they're doing it. I would love to see <laughs> Seattle's attendance numbers average all year, and then last week because I'm sure they quadrupled, right? So I've been fortunate enough recently, less the time I was out of town, to watch a win streak from a team called the St. Louis Cardinals, and they've won 17 in a row, and they've done it without any of this. A uh, chintzy, uh, dumb waste of poster board, if I'm going to be real honest. The Cardinals effort. have some stupid new story every year. Yeah, I mean, they're the fighting Cardinals right now. But, um, yeah, give me cool handshakes and actual fandom. Give me rally caps. This is, uh, this is, a, this is a grade school project for, um, I guess, your, your, your dad's adult league softball team. Seattle Mariners are coming in <laughs> at 25th in payroll. 25th in payroll and they're a half game behind boston two and a half behind new york new york yankees are second in payroll boston is sixth in payroll new york yankees has a total 2021 payroll of 203 million boston red sox have a total of 182 million and seattle lowly little seattle has 81 million on their payroll and they're Half a game out of the wild card. Well, what you, the information you just gave me expl- believe. explains why they can't afford an actual sign. you got to believe Seattle. 505-246-0610. Seattle Mariners fan in Albuquerque. Tell us your thoughts on the season and uh, also, why are you here? <laughs> <laughs> what has brought you here? What? Are you running from something like Vital? Did you get a promotion? I went to college in Washington, in the state of Washington. Mm-hmm. 
You, there, ra- you ran away, too. So uh, I guess it's not that far-fetched. Well, I went there for the designated time I needed to be there for college. Oh. But, yeah, I had zero interest in saying. And also, like, I work in sports talk radio. Like, so what I'm going to say is going to sound counter and weird. I don't love sports. Like, I'm not obsessed with sports, right? With that said, Washington, like, Washington night, like, Washingtonian, they give no hoot. They don't care at all out there about sports. Don't let that Seattle and soccer stuff fool you. That's just because no one else likes soccer. They like soccer because it pretends to be hip. Because it's in right now. Just because it's in right now. Because they brought it in. Seattle likes competitive beard growing yes. more than the mayor. It, <laughs> Seattle likes granola more than they like the Sounders. Is this um is is, is this like a, a natural crunch granola or is it like coated in some kind of honey? Because uh, I, I, I like domestic oats. Is this made with domestic oats? Now, are you saying that this uh, <laughs> peanut granola that you brought, it, does it have nut allergens? Yeah, well, it's literally peanut <laughs> granola. Is, I mean, is this like Jif stuff with like mono and dietriglycerides in it? I mean, what's the preservatives oh, in this granola? Because I only eat granola with no preservatives it, whatsoever. It appears to me that this is actually not a granola. It's a brittle. And if this is a brittle, I'm going to need to know what temperature that it was boiled down at and you're like why yeah it's is this the seattle mariners hotline my boss steve is gonna make me watch baseball do you guys have granola or what's your <laughs> what's your policy for me being in granola to the game now do you guys I, like ted lasso i'm an up-and-coming local vendor and i recognize that you guys have cracker jacks at your games hear me out granola jacks and i can provide it to you also it's 2021 you shouldn't say the word cracker it's very offensive to the world <laughs> That is Seattle fan, though. And but they're like, we're the 12th man. You know, you're not hosting the Seattle Supersonics any games ever because your fandom didn't come out. You had Sean Kemp and you ruined it. You had the glove and you ruined it. You had Detlef Shrimp and you ruined it. Ruined it. Why are they so passionate about the Seahawks then, though? I've been to a Seahawks game in Seattle. I have not. It is bonkers. It is insane. So. But Mariners and basketball and everything else are like, meh. You know what? You know what it is? I know what it is. I what know, is it? I 100% Tell me what it is. I 100% know what it is. Uh-huh. It's the lime green on the jerseys. Because it's weird. That they're the only team with lime green, and so they could be hipstery about it. Hey, we, we, had, we had lime green on our jerseys before any other team. I'm telling you, because I went to Washington State, right? We had the Apple Cup every year. In the University of Washington, which they refuse to call it up there, it's UW. UW would play against Washington State in the Apple Cup, and it's the only game they would lose all year, because like they had like Jake Locker at the time. Do you remember him? He was like, oh a, sure, okay. So like Tennessee like, Titans, yeah, Tennessee Titans never made it. So yeah, he never really like, he was injured. He had a shoulder thing, right? He, yeah, he had a shoulder thing. That's really good recall. Good job, Van. Thank you. Hey, somebody give Van a something. So I like some peanut butter right here. Oh, nice. But yeah, there's it's it's a terrible sports state. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, sure. Caller Tommy, welcome to the program. You're a friend of the show. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, Tommy, the truth back at you. Um, before I say some sports stuff, I wanted to answer a question you asked yesterday. Mm. Uh, the character I play at Midnight Screening is a very, very bad guy. Oh, and no I, spoilers. I've been wanting to play with a little comedy, but he's very bad. So I'll let you know. That's all I really can say about it, but I'm not good. We're going to organize and, a uh, viewing. That's our plan. So we're going to organize a viewing yeah. for it. 
Yeah, and then the same guy I'm working for in March we're filming a movie called Graduation Day, which is going to be kind of like Scream, all teenagers, high school, murder, murderer, and I play a good guy, Sheriff. Oh, okay. So, well, there you go. Is that, that like film that moved from that in March? Is um, that is that a sequel to anyway, the Denzel Washington and White. Ethan Hawke movie? Ah, nice. Excuse me. Is that a Graduation Day? Is that a sequel to Training Day, the Denzel Washington? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we're not we're not that big yet. Okay. I wish it was, but yeah, uh, it'll, it'll be a horror movie, kind of like Scream. I guess I could say that, and similar to Scream, I guess. Um, but anyway. Sports-wise, Cincinnati, no, I'm not Cincinnati, but the Reds, no one wants to, oh, excuse me, God darn it, no one wants to play the Cardinals right no. now. I'll say that in the National League. Nobody in the National League wants to play them. Uh, American League, Yankees, we won seven in a row. We're hot. Uh, I think we'll pull it out and get the wild card done. Uh, I, I still, like I said, I'd like to, I wouldn't mind seeing, it would be weird seeing a raise. Rays in Seattle make it to the American League Championship. No one would see that because no one would tune in. Literally, it would be the least watched Major League Baseball anything ever. Yeah, Van Van would watch it because Van loves baseball. Yeah, and so so me and six white guys over sixty five years old would watch it. We would, and the ratings would plummet. And we would talk about it at like the coffee table at the YMCA at five thirty in the morning. We're the only ones. Yeah, we're the only ones. Tommy, we yeah, got that. That would definitely, definitely be pretty wild. Um, we got to grab yeah, a I break, bro. Right, right now, let's see how everything plays out. But Cardinals are hot. And I, like I said, I don't think anybody wants to touch them in the playoffs right now. And uh, I guess we'll see how everything else does play out. And the only other thing I was going to say about uh, UNM, the Lobos, I don't think they're going to be there for a side. But I, are they going to cover? Are they going to cover? Yeah, Tommy, let us answer that one on the other side of the break because we're up against a commercial. But thank you for being a friend of the show and thank you for taking the time. Uh, do we think UNM will cover after the break? Spoiler, they haven't covered all season. ABQ Central on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Back on the program, Tommy asked the boys, do you think UNM will cover the spread? I'm going to say this. I think they will, but I'm not going to give you my prediction yet. So we're going to do that Saturday morning. But I think they will cover the spread. I love disagreeing with you, but I also think they will cover the spread. Not only because, what is it right now, 10 and a half? 10 and a half. That's a lot of points. 10 and a half is a lot of points. But also I'm assuming that Air Force is going to get a lot of action and the spread is going to go up. So by game time, it might even be higher than 10 and a half. Okay, I see what you're saying. So it's hard to have that much of a scoring difference when you're a run-heavy team and the clock's always running. So I think the safe bet is Lobos into points and the under because they're going to eat up so much clock. Speaking of the New York Yankees with their seven-game winning streaky, Toronto up 2-0 right now against them boys. All right, NFL picks. You ready, man? So we're doing them on a Wednesday, which we don't. We normally just do the Thursday one. Yeah. But now we're going to do them all because we're not back with you until Saturday morning. And I don't know. Maybe we'll record this and play it. Saturday we're going to do with the spread. Yeah. Today just picks. Today just picks. So if you want to win your office pick em pool. Now's the time. Tune in. Take notes. Okay. All right. Do you want? All right. Because so we got a lot of different ones this week. All right. So let's start with tomorrow. Okay. Okay. So Jacksonville at Cincinnati, and again, 
No spreads, no over-unders. This is a straight pick em, similar to what we're doing in our puppy pool pick em league. Okay, I will give you with the spread on just this one since it's tomorrow. Okay. Okay. I agree. So Jacksonville at Cincinnati, Jacksonville chasing seven and a half. Yeah. So this is a very clever game for a clever sports better. So even though Cincinnati will win, Jaguars and the points is the play. I think Trevor Lawrence will play a little better. Jaguars' defense will play a little better. But Cincinnati will ultimately win the game by seven or less. Okay. Don't hate what you're saying. To me, this looks like a Cincinnati win. and It looks like high 20s, low 30s, which is you're going to find my kind of theme on all my picks. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm going to say yes on Cincinnati at home, and I would say they will also – Jacksonville will cover the spread. So if you're betting, you take Jacksonville with the points. And that's the pick you take. Cincinnati money line. Yeah. Jacksonville plus seven and a half. But yeah. Uh, and if the line goes up, which it may, if it's more than seven and a half, I think that's a no brainer to bet Jacksonville. 24 27 Cincinnati at home. I like it. Okay. Okay. Now the rest are just picks. Straight picks. Ready? Yeah. So, all right. So, how do you, do you want to start with Tennessee at New York Jets? Whatever you think. I'll just run them. I got them. Okay. So, the Titans at the Jets. Tennessee, no brainer. I uh, agree, question mark? Yeah, I agree. I don't want to say no-brainer, though, because it's at home. It don't matter. The Jets are horrible. Hey, la-la-la-la-la, hey, any given Sunday. Yeah. All right, Kansas City at Philly. I got the Chiefs in a bounce-back game. It don't matter if they're on the road or not. Did I tell you in on this? Or we just, I didn't mean to catch up yeah, on the first one. Yeah, I'll uh, pick uh, Cincinnati. And then um, I'll go with uh, Kansas City. Sorry about that, buddy. In Tennessee and New York? In Tennessee. Okay. Okay. So let me get this straight, man. Straight up, you have the first two picks that aren't Thursday. You have Tennessee on the road and Kansas City on the road. Correct, correct. I got a lot of road wins this week. Oh, I don't. So I, those, so I do have those two on the road, though. Okay. Okay. Uh, Carolina Panthers at the Dallas Cowboys. Okay, Cowboys at home. Same. Cowboys. New York Giants at the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Saints, easy. I also have the Saints at home, and I think that might be like my Fred Slow, you know, this is how it go, no way else for it to show, pick of the week. Yeah, I like that. Saints. Okay. Cleveland at Minnesota. Okay, it's another road win I got here. I think Cleveland is way too good of a matchup. You saw how they demolished the Bears, Cleveland, easily over Minnesota. I'm going to go oppo. I know you are. So I'm going to take, take the Vikings at home, and I talk about this often. I'm a Lizzo fan. So I'm taking the Vikings at home to beat the Browns. I don't think the Browns at 2-1 and one are better than the Vikings at 1-2, and two, and I think they're impersonating a little bit. Give me the Vikings at home. Vital? Brownies. There you go. Me and Vital are step-to-step step each game so far. Uh, this one here is a coin flip if I've ever seen one. Detroit at Chicago. Because it's at Chicago, I'm taking Chicago. But if Detroit wins, I'm going to look about this surprised. Not at all. Yeah, for sure. Detroit has looked like a competent football team the last two weeks, technically in the first week also. A couple close losses to teams that should have beat them handily. Uh, I like Detroit on the road against the Bears. Lions. 
Yeah, Lions on the road. I can't say you're wrong, Vital, but this one, and also, by the way, insanely low. Like, you give me, like, yeah. 21-14, 21-13, 19-16, that kind of thing. Yeah. I'll give you the for sure answer on Saturday, but I think this is also a under. Uh, I'm taking the Bills at home against the Houston Texans, but I'm not taking the line, and we'll talk about that on Saturday. Yeah. Buffalo's a no-brainer. Buffalo. And Buffalo. Okay. The Colts are going to Miami, and I think me and you are going to be different on this one. Yes, we are, because I got another road win. A lot of road wins this week. I got the Colts in a bounce-back game against Miami. I'm going to take Miami at home. It's the smart play. Dolphins. Okay, me and Vital finally differ. I thought I really liked Brissett last week in the loss against Oakland, or, or excuse me, Las Vegas. I thought that was like a really good showing. And then if two is out, that's good for the Dolphins. I feel bad for saying that because I wish everyone success. Um, but he's not going to be what makes the team successful. Uh, Dolphins at all. Yep. Washington football team at the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Washington is not as good as I expected them to be this year, and I think the Falcons are about to get hot and upset a couple average teams. I have Atlanta at home. Okay. It's a bad pick. I agree. Do I'm- not follow me with this one. This is a feel pick. Smart money is Washington, but I got Atlanta at home. They kind of came to life, I guess, at the end of the Giants game a little bit. Uh, Matt Ryan is not what we had recognized him as in the past. Uh, I think the defense of Washington is too strong. Give me Washington by, like, a single score, however you identify a single score. Like Atlanta. Ooh. The Seattle Seahawks will travel to San Francisco. I do not see the 49ers losing two home games in a row. They're very strong. No big injuries last week. They will beat Seattle in a very close game. I got Niners. Uh, After this pick, we're going to go to the break and finish it up. Um, Two road games in a row for Seattle. That's very tough at this level of competition. I'll take San Francisco at home. Niners. Let's grab a break. When we get back, we'll we'll wrap up them picks. I know you're still waiting for your Los Angeles Rams pick. I know you are. ABQ Central on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Just a handful of minutes before the top of the hour, and the top of the hour is when we kill this NFL topic. Let a murder talk during the break. Murdered that conversation. The Arizona Cardinals travel to the Los Angeles Rams of Anaheim County, St. Louis, Missouri. Obviously, I want to pick the Cardinals on the road because I think they're the hotness and blah, blah, blah. These are two teams that I have googly eyes for. Yeah. I love them both. I will take the Rams at home, and I don't want to. Same. Um, When we're talking about the line later down the week, yeah, who knows how it's going to go. This is probably those games where I was like, if you bet money, don't bet on this one. But for pick them, Rams. And it's, to me, this is like a high 30s one. This they're is, both going to. Yeah, both these teams are going to score. Yeah, and they both have good defenses, but they both have elite offenses. What about you, Michael? Uh, Rams. Okay, I like that. Pittsburgh Steelers at Green Bay. Well, all right, so obviously you guys pick Green Bay. Uh, I will also pick Green Bay. Yeah, I mean, this is a kind of a no-brainer to me. I don't think the Steelers are very good. But then again, the Steelers upset a very good Buffalo team, which Steelers is going to show up. The Packers have been playing very well. 
the last couple of weeks. I think this is a no-brainer picking Green Bay at home. Baltimore goes to Denver. I'm going to do it. I'm going to extend them to 4-0. Okay. I like your pick. That's ballsy. Um, let's see. Which one are you? Okay, I got you down for Denver. I don't think Denver is as good as they are playing. They've been playing very bad teams. The Broncos are 3-0. and Their opponents are 0-9. And, and you would know this if you followed our social media at TalkABQ because I put up a very funny Simpsons meme today that I'll show you during the break, Vital. Because I know I, you don't follow, Vital. You don't, you don't do social media. I don't want the FBI following me. So if you go on the interwebs, loyal listener, if you go on the Instagrams or the book faces, we are at TalkABQ. Our meme game is very strong. Oh, the Denver Broncos. Okay, anyways, enough meme talk. The Baltimore Ravens are way better than Denver. I don't think it matters that much that it is in Denver. I think the Ravens and Lamar Jackson will be too much, and the Broncos will take an L now that they finally have to play a good team. I like Denver. Okay. Same. They got to be the team that wins, right? Me and Vital are the exact same, except for two picks. So you're not the exact same. I've gone oppo from you quite often, Fred. Well, here's the thing: I'm trying to win. I got to make points up. Is one, yeah. yeah. Like, because I'm I'm in week four now, and you've won two weeks in every league we're in. Correct. I've won the last two weeks in every league. So I got to make some moves. Correct. Tampa Bay favored by six and a half, going to New England for what is probably the most exciting matchup of the weekend. I'm taking Tom on the road. Duh. Okay. I don't know why the line is only six and a half. Yeah, that is weird. The line is six and a half. I think the Buccaneers are going to destroy New England. According to Caesar Sportsbook, the line is actually now seven. It's seven, seven flat. Okay. Hey, gambler, get in on this now. The line is going to go up during the week by points. I'm going to do this tonight when I get home. I'm going to buy Tampa Bay minus... 13 and a half. No, 12 and a half. I think Tampa Bay is going to win by 13. I'm going to buy the lineup to Tampa Bay minus 12 and a half. Because I think Brady has a blood feud. And he's going to bring his A game. Yeah, this one, I agree. This one to me is like 32, 35, 20. Yeah. Like, yeah, this one is like like Tampa Bay is going to hit low 30s and New England's not going to be able to crack 20. New England's running backs just was out today. Yeah. Most likely for the year. Yeah. They got a rookie quarterback. Yeah. They got way less. I mean, every single position on the field, Tampa Bay has the better version of it. That's how I feel. Go to the Patriots. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Scratch that one out. Uh, I know we got the break coming, but let's hit Monday Night Football real quick. Raiders at the Chargers. Chargers favored. It don't matter. We're not there yet. So who do you got? I love what the Raiders are doing so far this year, but I think the Chargers are a better team, and they're at home. I'll pick the Raiders against the Chargers when they're in Vegas, but this week I'm going to take the Chargers at home. You're thinking like mid-30s, low-30s? Um, yeah, yeah. 36-30 yeah, kind of thing? A lot of passing yards. Chargers. I'm going to take the Raiders on the road because I'm subscribed. Okay, and- I-, I get it. Raiders are my second favorite team, Yeah, but I'm trying to be objective and reasonable here. But, yeah. I need a Raiders shirt for Monday night. I didn't even think about that. Well, we wear our black and silver 
button ups and blazers again. We wore black and silver button ups and blazers last time, Mike. (laughs) (laughs) Had a lot of fun at that. Uh, Good football talk. We'll uh, wrap up the day of the last hour when we get back. ABQ Central, 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Okay, Van Allen. I don't know Hitter. if I mean, I don't I don't think I mentioned it before we went to break, but we're back with the NBA. Okay. Back with the NBA. NBA spokesman Mike Bass, quote. Any player who elects not to comply with local vaccination mandates will not be paid for games that he misses. That's big. So congratulations to the Golden State Warriors on figuring out how to save half of Andrew Wiggins' salary. Smart. Save a lot of costs there. Nets are going to save a lot of money on Kyrie Irving. He makes a pretty penny. Those are like the only two guys that are really affected. Bradley Beal. Uh, but there's not a there's not a mandate there. Well, that's, you're, you're just talking about home games. Yeah, yeah. They go all around the country and play basketball. So I think there's a weird workaround with um, visiting player stuff too. I don't think that's accurate. I, so I think like legal, like Toronto is a good example. Like you can still go to Toronto if you're unvaccinated as a player. You just can't go into the building. Uh, something of that nature. And I wish I had it in front of me, and I don't. And I'll try to look it up. That's my understanding: is you can travel to the city, you can't just go to the building. You can't go into the arena where you're supposed to play basketball. Yeah. But, and if you don't play basketball because you didn't get vaccinated, you don't get paid. It's a weird gray area, right? Because, like, if you get hurt, if you physically get hurt, you still get paid. Sure. Now, cool, you don't have incentives and there's bonuses and all that stuff. We're not talking about it. We're talking base yeah. salary. If you get sick, you still get paid. So who in a non-vaccinating area has a player of Kyrie Irving's caliber that the Nets are about to trade for? before the season starts because there's no way the Brooklyn organization gave up that much to get Kyrie and are just going to play him a third of the year. This is one of those two where it's like, you knew what you were getting. Like you knew this guy was a head case. Like I'm paraphrasing, but I quoted it yesterday. He thinks the vaccine is to corral black people into a slave like response system of some sort yeah through through microchips like what yeah microchips that control black americans in the vaccines like i don't i don't know how you think microchips work but that's not it so here let me let me tell you something (laughs) the um black americans have a rich history for good reason yes of not trusting science and the government i agree and guess who's at the middle of this vaccine science and the government now most reasonable people can air quotes do their research and and know for a very strong fact that there's no microchips in it and the microchips aren't going to make your pp soft the micro that's you know the plot of pootie tang naturally i'm bringing that conspiracy back in don't know what that is but sure <laughs> the movie vitality remember the movie pootie tang yes i do <laughs> so a secret department of the federal government puts drugs in 40 ounces of malt liquor to make sure that black Americans' penises shrink. That's a plot of a comedy movie written by Chris Rock and Louis C.K., which Kyrie Irving's actual beliefs are more closer to the comedy Pootie Tang 
than they are actual real life. Which is troubling. Yes, that's insanely troubling. Very troubling. I think I have trouble with this NBA thing. I think I got some trouble with it. That they're not taking a hard stance on this? Are they leaving it up to the teams and local jurisdictions? First of all, everyone has the right to make a choice. America, baby. That's how I feel. Also consequences. Sure. Because what's going to happen is Kyrie Irving is going to come out and say, you know, um, I did a little more research, and what I've discovered is it actually is probably okay. That's exactly what's going to happen. Right before. Right before. Right before. Probably two weeks before the season because he's going to need a couple days yeah. to to get over the vaccine. Well, in the J&J one, too. Like, he's not going to do it twice. Yeah, probably. But I think it's cowardly from the NBA – because if that's what you want to mandate, NBA, and I recognize it's insanely difficult with the Players Association. And the NBA's Players Association, not Major League Baseball, obviously, but better than the NFL. You would have to get that across. But, like, we're currently in a state right now, uh, a state, we're currently at a time where, and I'll just, I mean, a little bit, like, outside the sports realm, where, like, if you don't have vaccines, you lose your job. Like, that's a mandate here at Cumulus. Like, moving forward in Cumulus after October, if you're not vaccinated, you're not with the company. Yeah. Like, that's what it is. If there are right now currently health providers in this country, nurses and doctors and, and people at hospitals that are not vaccinated, they lose their jobs. Correct. So the people that care for people through medicine don't believe in medicine? Yeah. Okay, you know what? Lose your job. There are currently first responders and police officers and firefighters and paramedics who are losing their jobs because they're not vaccinated. Oh, you don't care about public health and public safety, you should lose your job because that's your job. Your job is to protect that stuff. Right. You're not doing it. You want me to keep going? Because I can. If you have your, if you own your own business and you have your own employees. Do whatever you want. Do it. Go crazy. Do whatever you want. If you're in a position with complete autonomy, make your own decision. If you're in healthcare, you're in public safety, you don't have a leg to stand on. No. And if you're going to die on this hill. Which you can. You can go die on this hill at Arby's because that's the only place that will hire you soon. I, I think they probably have a mandate. Eventually. But what you're going to get here is you're going to get Bradley. Until, until Kyrie Irving tells everybody that there's microchips in Arby's sauce and then no one eats at Arby's anymore. Like Bender from Futurama. Like like Kyrie Irving's like, I'm going to create my own NBA with, with drugs and hookers. It's going to be way better. Go ahead, Kyrie. Johnny Menzel did it. Let's entertain this a little more. That's not a bad idea. Creating your own NBA with, with prorance enhancing drugs? Yes. Because that's what they, and they'd be like, I'm not taking the vaccine, and it's just HGH Well, you didn't everywhere. say performance enhancing drugs. You said drugs and hookers. So we're talking about two different leagues. <laughs> Let's talk about the latter. Because <laughs> that's like, that's James Harden's league. James Harden would go to that league immediately. Famous for going to strip clubs. What's uh, the guy that left the bubble? To go get air quotes chicken wings. Oh, yeah, who is that? Oh God, I don't remember. Vitality I member. I don't remember the top of my yeah, head. Yeah, I can't remember either. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Man. So all these strip club enthusiasts, like they'll join that league. So you got strip club enthusiasts, and then like anti-vaxxers. You got the big. I mean, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Andrew Wiggins, Bradley Beal, the guy who left the bubble for air quotes chicken wings. <laughs> You got the beginning of a good league right there already. And it's a pick 'em. We're on to something. 
you give it a cool name. Like you get it sponsored by Hustler. You can call like National Basketball Hustle. Like there's like a clever the branding. Hustle League. Yeah, the Hustle League. Yeah. Brad Beal or Kyrie Irving or Andrew Wiggins, what they're going to do is they're going to be like, you know, I met with my family and we all wrapped our arms around each other and, you know, we talked to our deacon and we've decided, you know, the vaccine is better because now it's money. For sure. Once you put a dollar sign on it, once your livelihood's affected, you're like, oh, you know what? I did some more research that wasn't from my dumbest aunt on Facebook. Yeah. It was from the guy that runs my IRA. Yeah. Come to find out, this is a really good idea. Well, it doesn't help with one of the top basketball players in the planet for maybe the history of the game. LeBron James has been very lukewarm in his stance about it, and that doesn't help. Yeah, but he got, he got it. He said he, air quotes, did his research yeah. and came to the conclusion that it was safe. Hey, and, and it was his right choice for him and his family and his team. You and I, like we, so many things in our lives, we got our shot together. Like we got, I mean, we both got individual shots. We didn't share one shot. Right. Yeah. That'd be weird. Conspiracy listener. Uh-huh. But I also did my research. I talked to a medical professional that cared about me. Yeah. That And that was enough for me. Thank you, Dr. Marnie. Option we didn't discuss. Kyrie just retires. Then he sues the league. He sues the association. He settles out of court for the same uh, settlement that Trump got. What was that? A dollar. Remember when Trump sued the NFL? Yeah, with the USFL. In the USFL, and he won in court, and the settlement was for a dollar. Can you? All right, guys, I need to really put this in perspective for the friends of the show and us in this room. Andrew Wiggins makes 30 mil a year. Now, hear me out. If I were to say, hey, Mike Vitale, will you please get a vaccine that will save your life, and I'll give you $15 million? How do you even think twice about that? Can't be done. Here's my 15 mil. <laughs> Maybe these three guys just hate their grandmothers. Well, that's right. I mean, they're young. They're healthy. They got phenomenal immune systems. Unless they got, you know, some weird genetic thing like, you know, you had. They're probably going to be just fine if they get COVID. Maybe. Right? Maybe. Yeah. But what they're hurting is... This fringe group, this gray area of non-believers that, like, black Americans who are like, yeah, I remember the Tuskegee experiments. I'm not believing any of this garbage. I'm not getting vaccinated. I don't blame you for looking at a history of exploitation. I don't blame you for having that outlook. But if you say you did your research and you believe alternate science, you are a crazy person. Andrew Wiggins not saying that. He's claiming God. Yeah, he's claiming Jainism. And also, he like... He can't kill the microorganisms in his blood. To really break this thing down in, like, a like a schoolyard kind of way, like, if we on the blacktop, if we outside playing, like, within the chain link fence, like, these guys all gangsters. Like, they're all talking so big, they're talking so strong. But now we're talking paychecks. And that gets out of your system real quick. Watch. Watch. You ain't tough whenever they start taking money away. And, like, you can be whatever siren you want to be for, for ignorance and, and whatever. Once the NBA is, like, millions of dollars, you just stop. You'll just stop. And then everything here that you're standing on, you're not the martyr you think you are. Good for the NBA. 
Any player who likes not to wake up to go to work when I get paid for the work they miss. Huh. That's novel. <laughs> Grab a break. You want to talk about this Robert Kraft, Bill Belichick, Tom Brady stuff? You know I want to talk about this. Let's do that when we get back, and then we'll hit the varsity. We're going to leave some stuff on the table today, but that's okay. We'll get to it okay. then. Mike Trujillo is going to join us at 645 in studio before we transition over to True to the Game, so we're very excited about that. How about that? JBQ Central, 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Game. All right, as far as things that are, like, sensational, okay, that's the qualifier to what I'm about to ask you. Okay. And aside from one occurrence with Robert Kraft, is there anything, like, exciting ever or juicy about, like, Bill Belichick? Well, here's the thing about Bill Belichick. It's kind of, it's by design, nothing exciting. He's never, not going to tell you anything about his life. I like when he's asked a question, too. He's always like, yeah, I'm not really interested in revisiting that right now. We're going to put our focus forward. And, like, people are like, revisit? You've never visited it. Yeah, we haven't visited once, not, ever. You didn't even come to it in the first place, yo. So, this guy... Dove climbing? Not sure. If that even is your real name. So he tweets. There's this ESPN article. Let me start over. Let me repaint repaint the picture of this. I apologize. Poorly prepared. So there's this new New England Patriots book. Okay? Okay. The book is called It's Better to Be Feared by Seth Wickersham. Wickersham? Wickersham. To be fair. Go fish. <laughs> Better to be feared. <laughs> and it's coming out mid-October, so October 12th. It's coming out while we are at Nelly. Oh, with a little bit of... Nice. So, here's here's some quotes. Are you ready? Robert Kraft once called Belichick the, quote, biggest bleeping bleep hole in my life. I don't understand. You're going to have to say that without the bleep. (laughs) I I simply cannot. I just don't understand what you're saying, Fred. Beep. The inexcusable butler benching, a near fistfight with Eric Mangini, Belichick supporting Trump that made the players turn on him. Like lots of weird stuff. Robert Kraft hates Bill Belichick. What? What? Well, to be fair. To be fair. To be fair. To be fair. I think Bill Belichick hates Bill Belichick. Oh, I disagree. Have you ever seen him smile? No. No. Is he like, he's just pure Sith, right? I think it's. He feeds off of hate and fear. I thought it was a work for a long time. It was like he's playing a character of Bill Belichick. Because he accidentally smiled one time when he took the job in New York for five seconds. When he. Yeah, when he knocked over a baby's ice cream. That's when he smiled. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. And then a giant smile. When a puppy came running up to him in a park to get petted, he just booted it. He air quotes, accidentally kicked it. I saw him dance one time. Did I tell you that? What? Robert Kraft. Or not Bill Belichick, Robert Kraft. I saw Robert Kraft dance. Did I tell you this? What, on like somebody's grave? No. <laughs> <laughs> it just hit me. 
Bill Belichick is the guy who blew the whistle on Robert Kraft. Oh. It just hit me. Getting a little uh, yeah. happy ending a little, massages yeah. with a little bit of... <laughs> <laughs> that, that makes total sense. I did, That just came to me in this moment. So, so this is why Robert Kraft hates him. And we know Bill Belichick has always hated Velveeta cheese. What is this connection? It's Robert Kraft. Nice. Thank you. Joke's like an onion, baby. It's got layers. Because if you recall, Robert Kraft got um, caught up, I don't know what word to use, in his situation. It was like the day of the Super Bowl, right? Like when they were in Florida and Bill Belichick's like, why don't you put some focus on work, dog? Snitch. Allegedly. Allegedly. And apparently, all this stuff about Bill Belichick coming out is like 0% positive. And it's like, why can't Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick and Tom Brady just be the three best friends that anyone has ever had? Because they would have had the greatest dynasty in the history of stuff. By the way, they probably already have that. They already have that. Who's better, Boston Celtics? Dynasties? Yeah. UConn women's basketball. UConn women's basketball. Is always going to kind of be number one. U.S. women's softball is kind of always going to be number one. Uh, see, that's not fair. That's not fair. <laughs> it's not fair. You fear. Okay, so professional men's sports. Duke lacrosse versus the authorities. Mm, they're undefeated. Undefeated. Yeah. And that's what happens when you hire, like, an idiot savant, right? Like, Bill Belichick is an idiot savant of football. You don't hire the guy to go in the public and shake hands. You don't hire him to do post-game interviews. You hire him to coach better than anyone else and cheat better than anyone else. And he's been the best at both. The Astros tried to hire him. Kraft was like, I guess, real complainy in this book thing. And he's like, quote, from the book, quote, Kraft sometimes groaned to confidence that Belichick didn't show him the respect he deserved. But he was in no rush for life after him. So, I mean, he wasn't trying to get rid of Bill because obviously they're winning. That's the worst. When you have an employee that's like real good. Yeah. Have you ever worked at a place? It's been a minute for us, obviously. We do this. Have you ever worked at a place where like you have a coworker and they look up to like the boss or like the CO or whoever, and they're like, "Oh my God, they're so godly. Let's put them on a pedestal. So and so's coming to town." Ooh. And you're like, "Why are you like this? Uh, Why do you have a fandom for your boss? You creep." That is creepy. Lots of bosses love that. Really? Right now, there's a friend of the show listening. Right now, that is like, I really like the way my employees put me on a pedestal, but they wouldn't admit that. They're my not going to say it out loud. A-hole. But. No, I'm talking about the bosses. And they won't say that, but I'm telling you, they're the first ones to be like, like Rodney Dangerfield. I don't get enough respect. Like, what are you doing? Guys hire guys like that. Respect is earned. Zealot stuff. Yeah, respect is earned. I'm not not into that, putting someone on a pedestal for no reason, just by title. At the 2008 league meetings, Bill Belichick and then New York Jets head coach Eric Mangini nearly had a fist fight. 
That would have been very poorly for Belichick. Yeah, I would agree. Because I guess Eric Mangini's wife was like, why you cheat all the time? <laughs> like, I mean, Han, pick your battles. If you would have asked me two years ago, who was it that propped up this relationship with the New England Patriots dynasty? I would have told you 50-50. It's 50-50. Belichick-Brady. Yeah. It's, you know, Belichick is a great coach, does great schemes, can make other really good coaches look stupid. Brady has always been an above-average quarterback, but he was just an air quotes game manager. Never got to air it out. Goes to Tampa Bay. What does he do? He starts airing it out and has statistically the best season of his whole career at 42 years old. Maybe it was Brady. Maybe Belichick just got super lucky. You know, we, we talked about this on the show a couple of days ago. Like, other rumors came out that Brady wanted to be gone in 2016, 2017. Right. Because he was he was the one that wasn't actually getting any respect because Belichick was still treating him like a kid. Well, there's a growth to it, right? Because, like, it, I guess it's also being reported, like, in this in this book, the Vitaly totally screwed me up with the to be fair joke it's better to be feared um where there's like a whole emphasis on how like the career growth of tom brady and bill belichick where when they both started to hit not just stardom van worldwide stardom like tom brady is what the biggest celebrity on the planet athlete wise right now lebron probably number one but it's not far after whoever's number one in soccer is number one and then after that it's lebron yeah. probably tom brady three top five yeah top five easy sure Here's the thing. You have to change. You have to change the way you do stuff. Bill Belichick, I guess, was resistant to that. And if you're not, because you should ascend with the guy that you, you're you dancing with at the prom, right? And he just he wouldn't ascend. He wouldn't grow with Tom Brady the way he should have. And who's that? It's not on Tom Brady. I mean, he's sucked all the joy out of his life except for football and his family. He he doesn't know what ice cream tastes like. He started his own nutrition company. It's almost cult-like. Do you know anything about this? How hard it is on you? Yeah, it's creepy. He won't even, like, give it to people just to help them. Like, you have to pay, like, five easy installments of $6,000 to get all of his secrets. He's evolved with sports science. He's 43, about to be 44, and he's playing better than he ever has. Has he ever had any kind of scandal? And Tom Brady done one wrong thing? Just crazy. Be- besides me. being a little douchey? <laughs> I mean, besides that, has he committed... Any kind of error? This is all Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft's fault. Tom Brady can sit back and smile. And Tom Brady is going to sit back and smile when he demolishes his old team in his old stadium on Sunday night. It's real difficult. I know we got to go to break, but I tell him, sorry. It's real difficult when your coach, and according to this publication – in 2016, was like, 
I'm the biggest Donald Trump guy going. And, like, you got to know your athletes. you got to know your employees. Yeah. Because even if you feel that way, like, you got to lock that down because you're going to lose the locker room. And they lost the Super Bowl. Today's varsity is going to come early. We're going to do it after the break. Today's varsity is the varsity of opening scenes. So I really like that one. Okay. Then Mike Trujillo will join us in the final 45, or excuse me, the final 15 at uh, 45 after the hour. And we will talk uh, just sports again, which will be fun. And we'll hand it over to True to the Game. It's ABQ Central, 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. We're like 10 minutes away from Mike Trujillo joining us live in studio. So we're going to do the varsity early. Today's varsity is the varsity of opening scenes, Van. That's a nice little handoff, huh? Hand it over to the next guy. Let him hit the ground running for his next show. I mean, professionally Very speaking. Very nice. It's the way it should be done. Sure. It's the way it should be done. Because Mike's been remote for most of the time. Yeah, now we're, he's back in studio. We're going to have him in studio. We're not going to miss that opportunity. Yeah. We call that a softball? Call that a handoff? We're going to talk to him about the... Baton ma- pass? Yeah. We're going to talk to him about Major League Baseball and the injury to Devin Williams of the Milwaukee Oh, that's Brewers. just horrible. Now, hold on. Save it. Save it. Save it. I'm not going to say it. anything. Not yet. All right, so the varsity today, and to make sure the hey, because maybe not, maybe the friends of the show don't know, the varsity is when we identify the best of something, and we're not. This is not the JV. This is not the. This is not the hall of very good. Sure. This is the absolute best of a topic that we pick. Sure. And that's what the varsity is. And today's varsity is the varsity of opening scenes. Okay. That is correct. Of a movie, right? And this is something that if you haven't listened to a whole show on Saturday. Right. Or if you haven't listened to a whole show while we're covering the afternoon. Welcome. We freestyle it. We pick it sometime throughout the show. Yeah, it comes up naturally. And it becomes our last segment. Yes. This time it's next to last segment because we're going to do the very last segment. Yes. With Mike Trujillo of the following show, True to the Game. Okay. Can I, can I throw mine in right away? Go, yes, please. Saving okay. Private Ryan. Ah, you yeah. thief. So that's a good one. You dirty thief. Um, it, that the, one is in my top yeah, five for sure. The very good one. That's all right. So you're going with that? All right. So I'm going to open with The Lion King. So I think The Lion Kings is very good. Excellent score. <laughs> No, very strong. So I'm putting the Lion King in my list of opening scenes. Very, very strong work. Okay. So let me piggyback on Saving Private Ryan. Okay. You dirty, dirty, pilfering thief. (laughs) Yes. I saw that um, while I was watching a softball tournament my sister was playing in in Riadoso, New Mexico. Okay. And my father, a Vietnam veteran, wanted to go watch it. And the place was absolutely packed, sold out theater. Mm-hmm. It was the opening week. Similar how I saw Eight Mile. A lot of, you know, Korean and World War II veterans there, and half of the theater walked out before the opening scene was even done. Yeah, because it was so real and so powerful, mm-hmm. it gave people immediate PTSD and they couldn't watch it. It's very good. Tom Hanks. So my first answer is the one we talked about earlier. Okay. Hype Williams' Belly, starring Nas, DMX, <laughs> and the like. So the flashing lights in the club and the mm-hmm. bl- the black light, and then the slow intro to Soul to Souls, however do you want me. Is it a single playing. camera shot the whole way? No, it's a couple different, okay. but it, it looks like a single shot. Yeah. It has the a feel of a single shot. And then they kick in the door to rob the place, and then the beat drops. It's beautiful. It's very good. 
belly. Speaking of bellies, mine churned in the opening scene of Inglorious Bastards when Christopher Waltz is going home to home looking for, like, looking for, I guess, what we're identifying as, like, runaway, like, hidden, like, peoples. Sure. So, the opening scene of Inglorious Bastards, and Christopher Waltz is one of the best there is. Oh, man, you might even take one of out of there. He won back-to-back Oscars for Best Supporting Actor. Yeah. yeah. For two in general? In that spoke all that's the correct, languages. yeah. Yeah, he did a great job. Yeah. And in that movie, he's the most hate-filled, racist, bigoted person in the history of the planet. And then you go over to, like, Django Unchained, and he's the most open-hearted, what, yeah. not loving, that's not fair, but, like, accepting, understanding person. It's yeah. polar opposites. Mm-hmm. What do you got, Van? Golami. <laughs> Golami. It's very good. Oh, that is so beautiful. Say it again. <laughs> Gorlami. <laughs> okay. The opening scene of not a movie, but a series. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm already with you. The news. Yeah, it's, it was my number one. That's your number one? Yeah. I'm so sorry I stole okay. that. No, one. it's perfect. But yep. that gave me chills. Mm-hmm. And it set up an absolutely beautiful series that I thought should have lasted longer, but. It ended when it should have ended, so good for them. Jeff Daniels was very brilliant in it. Allison Pill, also very brilliant in it. Uh, the best storyline was this guy, Dev Patel, who's gone on to do a bunch of stuff. Uh, he's insanely talented. Yeah. But there's a story arc in it where they're talking about the Boston bomber and how like Reddit and the Internet solves that and how it's a complete farce. The whole thing's a joke, and mainstream media gets fooled by it. Yeah. It's very brilliant, very brilliant. Yeah, love the series, and the opening scene is super strong. The What I think might be number one is the opening scene to The Dark Knight. So, oh, so good. Yeah, so it's a robbery scene, if you recall, and it's all these like henchmen with Joker faces, which play homage to like the 1960s Joker. Uh, it's, it's just uh, brilliant. It's action-packed. It set the tone for The Dark Knight, and I didn't mind sitting around for two hours and 15 minutes. So I'm going to say the opening scene of The Dark Knight is on my varsity. Surprise, surprise. More Aaron Sorkin going with the social network? That's a, that's a good answer, but no, that's not my answer. If I would have went another Sorkin, it would be the opening scene of Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. Not familiar. I'll have to check it out. It's not very popular. It was too politically motivated, and it only lasted one season before they yanked it. It's still around. You can still watch it. Check out Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. Very strong season. But my favorite opening scene of all time, and I have two honorable mentions if we got time. We got lots. Is, duh, my favorite anything of all time, the opening scene of The Wire. Where Detective McNulty is sitting next to a witness to a homicide. On a curb. On a curb. Oh, yeah. yeah. And they're talking that. about it's a murder at a dice game. And the younger gentleman said, I ain't going to go from no judge. I ain't no snitch. But he tells him the story of what happened. Yeah. The gentleman stole money from the dice game, and it just so happens that he did it all the time. And Detective McNulty asks him, if he steals from your dice game every time, why do you do it? And he says, you got to. This is America. And then the intro theme kicks in, and I have chills just thinking about it right now. It's very good. Uh, I'm going to go a little different direction, but I'm going to go with a uh, literal iconic. Okay. The Sound of Music opening scene. Aw. 
Yeah, there is. I didn't think you'd go there. <laughs> well, it's That's a soft answer. Well, it's. I mean, maybe it's soft, but like when the fields are all are alive, and then there's that big pan, and it goes all the way. What's her name? Julie Andrews. Is that her name? Yep. And it goes all the yeah. way into Julie Andrews, and you're like, this is brilliant. It's beautiful scenery. It's arguably the best singing. That to me is a very special one, and I would like. I would like to, if you'd allow me, Van, to pair it against the opening scene to Guardians of the Galaxy, mm. where Peter Quill played by uh, Chris Pratt, is dancing like a Star-Lord. And to me, a good opening scene can have like that kind of movement, too, that makes like the audience live with it. Okay, I got two honorable mentions. Okay. Well, we up against it yet? We're close. We're close. Big Lebowski. Well, that's – I'm not going to say that's not that strong. Okay. The whole movie itself and a lot of, lot of pieces of it, my favorite thing ever. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Good answer. Yep. Reservoir Dogs. Very good. The, yeah. The the table diner scene. Yeah. Brilliant. Reservoir Dogs. And then they all step outside. Yep. And it's the silhouettes of them walking in suits. Brilliant. You got one last one? I got one more. Give it to me. Is it Inception? How about the laughter and joy of children playing on a beach? And then you hear the iconic doo-doo. Doo-doo. That one's very good. And then blood curdling screams and everyone's running for their lives. If I was going it's a very good one. If I was going with the J V of what you just described, I would go with two other Spielberg works, which is Forrest Gump and Jurassic Park. Because Jurassic Park's strong. Me seeing that uh dinosaur in the opening scene of Jurassic Park as a child, I was like that raptor or whatever it was. I'm like, that's a real dinosaur. Yeah. Oh yeah. In nineteen ninety three I thought that was a real dinosaur. And also, I think uh, Forrest Gump was Robert Zemeckis, so I don't think that's Steven Spielberg. But uh, but anyway, so there you go. I, I love them all. Very well, good. Those are good ones, guys. Thank you. Let's grab a break. When we get back, Mike Trujillo joins us. We're going to talk uh, how dumb it is to get hurt when you're trying to help your team. ABQ Central on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. The final 10 minutes are your boys on ABQ Central. Oh, the fun we had today. It was a good one, wasn't it? It was a good one. We're going to hand it off to our very good friend, not just professionally, but in our personal lives, Mike Trujillo, true to the game. Mike, welcome. What is up, guys? How you doing? Love that. Love good, that. man. What's going on in the program tonight? Oh, well, a very short show, 45 minutes oh. uh, before we have uh, Albuquerque Isotopes Baseball. They're going to be in Sacramento, so they're uh, on the West Coast, and so we're wa- operating on that time. So my first segment's going to be kind of just random news, stuff mm-hmm. like that. I will have... Micah Frankel from CageMinds.com, our uh, MMA and combat sports correspondent at 715, and then Crosstalk with Josh Sushan. So okay, so keeping it tight. Easy show. Keeping yeah. it tight. Same thing tomorrow, same thing Friday. Right. That's that's you for the rest of the week. And then you're not on after the game, right? Don't stay up late. No. Okay. No, no, no. Not this so, week. So just this week. And then next week, uh, it's a little more normality because the isotopes are basically wrapping next week. So that, that'll be that'll – be, well, not right. just true to the game, but the end of the game. You lucky, lucky city of sports lovers finally get three straight hours of Mike Trujillo and true go. to the game. How is right. the is the new program fitting you well? Because like obviously the friends of the show and the listeners they're asking a lot. We don't have answers. We don't know anything. Mm-hmm. You know. So whenever that you were presented with the opportunity and you jumped into it, is it been the fit and the exact product you hoped it would be? Yes. Yeah. Surprisingly, I honestly was a little worried because you know you you know you're going on your own after so long of doing it uh, a different way. Um, you know, you, you have to program everything by yourself. You got, you know, running a three hour show by yourself and talking all I that time. It. It's rough. Yeah. It's, it's rougher than I thought, but you know, it's been almost a little, little, just a little over a month 
and it's working pretty nice. I got to admit, I'm very happy. And the text that we see the text line, obviously the texters are there for you. The callers are there. You still have all those same like personalities and individuals that have followed you for so long. So how very cool. Yeah, it, it's been nice. The response has been good. Um, again, some the later night when I have to do 10 to 1, that's kind of uh, rough. But there's people listening. I've done that show, that time slot before. Yeah. And you'd be surprised who's up at that time or who's working. You know, so, you know, it, it's kind of nice to have that diverse crowd from the evening that don't get to hear, say, the opening drive, yeah. you guys in the afternoon or whatever. You want to talk about a late night show featuring Mike Trujillo. I don't remember what station it was, but right when I moved to Albuquerque, I was flipping through stations looking for a new late night home to listen to some radio. And you had a music show late night and you were giving away tickets and I won tickets. Aww. This is a true story. To Reverend Horton Heat. No way, really? Yeah. That was this show. Or, or not this show, but it was on this station. Okay. I was doing one hour with uh, a week with Mike Vitell. Um, it was called Zero Hour Squared Radio. And that came from an old public access TV show that I was using. And um, I got an opportunity to do an hour a week, just kind of miscellaneous, crossing over stuff like yeah. entertainment, music. And yeah, we, we gave tickets away. And Yeah, I got Reverend Horton Heat tickets and must have been like 12... 12 years ago? Does that sound about the that right does time sound frame? about right. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Let's see. 2009, 2010, somewhere in the in around there. Yeah. I did it for about a year and a half, maybe two years. And that was that was pretty cool. My trade-off with that was I produced um, – there was a, a – the, the original sports bar lineup had three guys, uh, including Brandon Vogt, and I produced a public access TV show for them. And they and and the uh, the management gave me a show once a week uh, here. It was cool. Uh, that, that was your segue into the sports world? Um, a sports radio, well, at least. Man, I've been involved with this station in one capacity or another, either as just a listener or became friends with people since its inception in 94, 95, something like that. So oh, cool. Kind of just dabbled back and uh, forth. Speaking of Mark, uh, Mike Carlisle, uh, one to three regularly with Brandon Vogt over on KKOB. So I know he, I've heard a lot of positive things about his political Ackerman, which I didn't know. So Oh, yeah. Yeah, versatile, ver- couple of versatile guys doing some new things and exciting lineup changes here. I know we just have but a minute left. I want to touch on one sports story. We have two minutes. Uh, Devin Williams of uh, by Tows Milwaukee Brewers. The Brewers uh, lock up the Central on Sunday. He goes and just gets housed and then throws his hand through a wall. Mike, you've been watching sports your whole life. You're the biggest sports fan, uh, obviously, in the room. With that said, do you even care about the game if you're a guy like Devin Williams? Man, I, I, I just don't get that. I understand being you know ticked off and having a temper and all of that stuff, but why would you do that? I, I never get anybody that punches windows or walls or anything no. like that. It just, that's the stupidest thing, damaging. Police car hoods. Yeah, yeah, yeah your head on a police car hood. I, I just don't get it. And, and what a stupid idiot at, at the worst possible time heading into the postseason. And it's not like he just got shelled and he was walking off the field and he – threw a Gatorade bottle, then punched the wall in the dugout, like out of just anger and frustration. This is hours later. No, he no. got he got in his home. In his home. He was in playing Call of Duty and got beat by a twelve year old kid. You right. And threw a haymaker at it's the like, ceiling fan. Hey, this is your own home. Know where the studs are. You gotta <laughs> yeah. know where the studs are. You could punch through drywall all you want. Who, Go crazy. Who was the pitcher that punched his face? And he was from here in Albuquerque. He went to Rio Grande High School. As Ken, a Ken Giles. Yeah. 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 He punched his face. You remember? Yeah. Oh, yeah. As I he mean, was on the Astros when he did it. That's weird, man. Yeah. I, just, I just don't get that. Yeah. Never punch throw his own a face. punch with your pitching hand, okay? That, too. That's yeah. an obvious Another one. Another good point. He says, quote, 
If I could take it back, I would. Okay. Oh, yeah. You think? <laughs> yeah. Now you screwed up my Brewers. Uh, hey, your Brewers are screwed up. And I know they're up one right now against the St. Louis Cardinals. Who They'll were, be fine. The Cardinals will. They'll win 18 in a row. But that, that ruins the best bullpen in baseball. Certainly does. Brewers. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, your Brewers, Vital, like, I'm pointing at you like I'm mad at you, but I'm not. Your Brewers need that bullpen because you're playing like crap. And then Council used the relievers as starters. He's done that in the past in the postseason. That's actually a very good point, and I can tell you're an actual fan, Mike. It's just a level of immaturity that, that, that I, I, I don't know, displaying. I understand these guys are young, and I've done it. I've, I've punched walls and stuff, and then I think oh. about it afterwards, and I'm like, why did I, why did I do that? You know, it's, I just don't get it. But, I mean, that's your bread and butter, your hands. Come on, man. A few days after the accident, Milwaukee's medical staff came to the conclusion that Williams needs surgery. Needs some psychological help, too. This season is Ooh. over. <laughs> oh, God. The, uh, you just Lame. you're the you're one of the best relievers in baseball on the best bullpen in baseball. You just clinched the playoffs. What are you so mad about? Take two minutes to come back with us and join Mike Trujillo. True to the game. Good job, everyone. GG. Any final words, Van? Oh, too much for the time allotted, my dude. I had it backwards. Good job, everyone. GG. Hey, see you on Saturday, Burke.